Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm your co-host, Jeannie Rice, along with Dr. Tim Hayes. We welcome you to the show. Today is Monday, November the 23rd, 2015. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everyone. We are honored that you're here to join us today as we engage in this ancient conversation about ancient technology and bring it forward into modern times and see the similarities between this ancient technology and the truth of the way science is discovering that the world works. So we're just uh, honored by the fact that you're here. Before we actually get into the topic of the uh, of the conversation, I'd like to just uh, put forward and, and the invitation to ask everyone to hold the space at this moment uh, for everyone who or people who've been to Heartland over the last few years, up until about two years ago. You might uh, remember David Hayes, who was at Heartland, and David has been uh, diagnosed with a bladder tumor and is actually in hospice and there are several friends who are there with David right now actually in uh, in Gainesville Florida he's been staying with Daniel and Susan who some of you've met at Heartland and Terry and uh, Susan Darnell are down there right now with him holding the space and uh, I've spoke to them earlier this morning and it's sounding like David will very possibly be leaving his body before the day is out. So if there's anyone who would uh, just tap into the presence of love for David and everyone that's there holding the space for him. David has a, a son who has been down in Gainesville with him. And so if everyone would just tap into the energy of support for those that are there directly with David holding that space. And we'll just take a moment and breathe with him that he has total love and support for his journey on the next level of his eternal life and that he's supported 
moving forward in this process. And if there's anyone who has anything you'd like to share, that would be awesome if you wanted to call into the show. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. If you'd like to offer any blessings or any shared memories of David, that would be awesome. And just uh, we join in holding the space. And if um, Danielle or Susan or Terry or Suzanne are there, it would be nice if you wanted to push one and uh, just give us a, a first-hand update on what's happening and how David's doing. And we breathe with each, each of you. Just take a moment and just be silent and hold that connected space together. And we'll bring our awareness back and move forward with the conversation. Oh, great, great. Let's say hello. 607, you're on the air. Hey, Michael and Jeannie, it's Richard. How you doing? Hey, Richard, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm hoping that uh, David is listening to this uh, show today because I just want to give him my, him my best regards and wishes and uh, sweet memories of being with him and working with him. And moment of sadness right now for me. I join you in breathing through that sadness. I hear you. Tears swelling up. Hope you're listening, David. We all love you. And we hold you in our hearts. Thank you, Richard. You're welcome. Anyone else with a hand up, Jeannie? Um, no, that's the only one so far. Okay. And the chat room's quiet. All right. Well, the last couple of days we've been talking about a little bit about tying physics in with the. Uh, Just with the had work a hand to go up. Oh, okay. Let's let's say hello. All right, seven zero two. You're on the air. Hear me. We got you. Can you hear you? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, sir. You're loud and clear. This is Stephen. This is Stephen and yes, uh, Pahrump. Um, As a physician, I have to hold conversations on a regular basis for people who leave this life and transition into the next. And a couple of things as I uh, review these conversations come to mind. And one is fear, and fear is what we deal with in our in our daily existence, and that's one of the things that uh, you teach us um, through the teachings how to um, how to rid ourselves of. So, at these times of uh, transition, um, the, the support for people to uh, assist in in alleviating or decreasing that fear, I think, is just uh, so important. And any preparation we have in ourselves to 
work on our fears is so important because the transition is uh, going to happen. And uh, it's it's on our daily basis that we deal with our fears. And uh, I, I hope that helps because it's um, it's where I meet most people when issues come up. Did we lose a connection, Jeannie, with uh, Dr. Andraki? Hello? Oh, you're still there. Your voice kind okay. of faded for a second, uh, Stephen. Okay. So uh, we do our work uh, every day for our upset, for our fears, and um, it's uh, really important during transition periods. I'm in full agreement with you there. I think it's uh, really urgent, and the more that people can work through their issues around death, you know, I think a lot of people, when there's a lot of drama and trauma around someone leaving, think that that's a signal of, yeah, well, I really cared for them and all of that, but the truth is that the drama and trauma is just the unresolved issues that we carry, and that the the space to be in, the space to work toward for someone who is making that transition is to be connected, to be freed of the fear, the anger, the sadness, the unresolved pain around either death or uh, relationship with the individual who's getting ready to pass. And so I certainly hold the space for that work to be done. And in the days uh, that pass as someone dies, the uh, the work continues for each individual who chooses to do their work. So I, I believe it's a really important, important issue to hold the space for healing. And we've had this conversation before, and uh, and, and you're the you're the uh, authority on how this works. But it's um, like you said that this is what we need to do. This is what we need to practice. This is what we need to teach, and this is what we need to assist the, those people around us so that we can deal with our own issues in uh, having conversations with other people who may not uh, see it so clearly. So uh, I don't know of anything else that can prepare someone for uh, transition besides uh, as works as well as this, and um, it's um, something that I picked up through uh, listening and talking and reading and worksheets uh, from you that makes me uh, assist people better. So I just uh, put it out there that if you want, if you ever feel that you're going to be in this situation or you need to have these conversations, do your work, uh, do your uh, removal of, uh, of fears and loss inside you right now so that you can be better when you're called upon to put it to action. Absolutely. I know that one of the, uh, the things I've often over the years had an opportunity to do is to uh, to officiate, as it were, at someone's funeral. And I find that it's a really powerful space to be in, to hold the space for those who are focused in and, and lost in their pain and to bring forward the memories of life with this person and caring and support and Oftentimes when I've officiated a funeral and we start, one of the questions I ask is, you know, tell me something, tell me about a really awesome experience you had with dad or mom. Oftentimes it's a parent. And by the time the, the, the actual funeral service is over, people are 
caring and loving and, and laughing with each other instead of in their own internal trauma and drama and sending off this being with the presence of love rather than the presence of trauma. And I think it's a huge contribution for the living and energetically a huge contribution for the person who's passing as well. Uh, it's it's a, just a, a wonderful space to be in for that transition to really truly be able to hold to human life. And that's the, the, everything the work is about, you know. So often people look to the outside to determine how they're going to feel rather than looking through the eyes of being and knowing that the first step is to stand as a space of love. And when something less comes up, there's another piece of work to do until we arrive at the point where this body-mind unit contains only that which supports human life. And then who knows what the what the whole game is going to look like. We haven't uh, even approached that yet as a species, and when we do, I think we're going to going to be experiencing things much differently than we do today. Well, that's what our goal is. We had our support on Friday, and I, I don't know if you've used this concept, but I've started using it, is the thought generator in our mind uh, goes from good thoughts to bad thoughts, and it's just, uh, it's just a concept, just an idea. Thought generator says something is frustrating, and you change it, and something is fascinating. Uh, I offered that to somebody, and they said, no, it's not. You don't understand, but it is. It truly is. You just change your thought, and everything changes. And uh, we can we can modify our thought generators. So uh, in this case, even in the passing, that we can modify our thought generators uh, to generate um, good thoughts, uh, loving thoughts, uh, past experience. They're all thoughts. That's all it is. And we have an opportunity to uh, to change that when we know that there is uh, an opportunity to do this. We've had some wonderful successes in the people who've been attending and doing the work. And we continue to do uh, what we can in Pahrump and um Always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, to listen to you. So uh, take care, and we'll speak again, okay? Okay, thanks, Stephen. Much appreciation. One of the uh, one of the places where I found it's really powerful for people to change their thoughts is around pain. And just to shift from, I think that, that pain is increased and amplified just by the thought of pain and the fear of pain, and uh, by getting people to shift into just, just shifting to, I'm having a sensation in my body. Uh, just that simple shift can move the pain level down, you know, half or less, and in many cases disappear pain. And it's like, oh, I have this sensation in my body rather than pain. And uh, and all the the mind energy that we have around the world pain, word pain shifts because when we experience a sensation, then we can go in and explore it differently than out of the the cultural fear of pain and, you know, we're supposed to drug pain with pain rather than be in the experience of it and embrace it. It's, it makes a very powerful difference, even with people in what's called straight physical pain. All right. Well, thank you for that input, Dr. Andraki. We appreciate you a lot and the work that you're doing out there in Pahrump. It's uh, It's awesome. And I would like call to call in number, uh, Michael. Go for it, and please. Yes, sir. I would like, I would like to just jump in and and uh, verify that my experience has been exactly the same as what Doctor Andraki is saying, and that since learning the actual worksheet process and the forgiveness process and 
reframing so much of the experience that goes along with a loss. Um, I have personally experienced it very differently, moved through transitions far more easily with much more loving energy, and as you have mentioned, been able to help other people through the process by focusing on a celebration of life rather than the doom and gloom and fear, as Dr. Andraki is talking about, about what's on the other side that we have no idea. You know, as far as we know, when a person makes their transition, it's the nicest relief, it's the biggest move of of growth and joy in their life. And so, you know, I want to reinforce what Dr. Andraki said about how this grief process is so deeply tied to fear and that we have been given the ability to choose the focus of our conscious awareness, of our our thoughts, of that mind energy generator, which is a creative force in our lives. And yes, there's a tremendous amount of training in our lives and in genetic and energetic patterns from our generations, which draw us into the area or tempt us into the area of grief and fear and drama and trauma. And that's not the only option. And with practice and application of the tools, and as Dr. Andraki was saying, if you can do this ahead of time, it's even easier. If you can clear out a lot of the fear, if you can prove to yourself that these tools work at deeper and deeper levels, then you're better prepared to have conversations with people when they're losing a loved one or experience the loss of a loved one yourself. And even if you don't have a lot of experience with it, when you find yourself in the middle of it, it's still possible to shift and focus on a celebration of life and shift and focus to the use of the tools to remove what's less than love. And so, I, you know, at one level, I just wanted to say that. At another level, I just wanted to say my personal experience with David is that he was responsible for starting the support group, which I have been running now for however many years, eight or nine or ten, I've lost count. And we've been, yeah, in, right. six we've been in six different locations, and we've been able to... You know, we, we often talk in this work about the ripple effect when you throw a pond or a pebble into a pond and it sends out ripples. And I heard Jeannie talk the other day about how you just never know when you do something nice and loving how many people that's going to affect. Well, David came into Fox River Grove, Illinois, and started the support group. And when I went to the owner of that school, and said, here's Dr. Michael Rice's DVDs, you've got to, you know, or CDs, you've got to listen to these, they're going to be phenomenal. He turned and pointed on the shelf, and David had already been there and had a series of DVDs for sale on the shelf and was running a weekly support group. And so the positive effects of, of David's work and his presence, I, I just encourage people to celebrate that and to move into hey. the space of of holding that either 
he might move through this disease process at the last moment or easily transition into a joyous creative experience that's beyond our ability to comprehend and that the pain that I might feel when I think about losing someone like that is pain I'm creating with the choice of my focus of my thoughts and it's absolutely possible I would refer people back to it was a Friday um, a few weeks ago when somebody called in was talking about grief and Michael he gave a wonderful discussion about how we create with our thoughts a container for life experiences related to grief or anger or sadness and then it fills up and we reach the breaking point and we have this energy of release of tears and sobbing and drama and trauma and we go through that and we feel better and it was like dumping out the container but we still have the container of thoughts that says it's really bad to have a transition it's bad for somebody to go away it's painful when I lose a loved one and so then life starts filling that container up again for us with the experiences we have and what you were recommending is that we learn to dismantle the container that we question and dismantle those unloving thought patterns and structures which we've as I mentioned inherited from our generations both genetically and energetically and that was a wonderful to my ear a wonderful discussion about grief and about how we're conditioned to hold on to the drama and trauma and prove how much we love somebody by how much we go through and we put ourselves through the sobbing and the crying and the shaking and the depression when they leave and I have to join you in saying that's not any kind of proof about how much I love somebody that's only proof that I know how to put myself through pain that I know how to focus on the loss rather than the love and I would I would encourage us all to focus on the love and for all of his ups and downs in life he was human like the rest of us David helped a lot of people dump a lot of garbage and focus on love yay nice input Dr. Tim thank you and I certainly join you in that there are actually two very powerful films you know that a lot of times a film can give us an experience that that, that uh, can be difficult to learn from, to gather from in, in artificial ways or, or, you know, trying to create or effort at something. And there's one called Saved by the Light. And it's a true story of the life of Daniel Brinkley, who is hit by lightning and transitions from, and, uh, after being hit by lightning, from an angry, abusive young man to someone who teaches spiritual principles and teaches people about love and sits with the dying as they're transitioning. He started several hospice centers in, in VA hospitals and sat with thousands of, uh, of vets as they died, as they made their transition and just held the space for them of safety because he had experienced it. He went through clinical death, was pronounced dead, was actually on his way up to the morgue when a friend walking by a, a gurney with his body on it covered saw the sheet move and uh and he was resuscitated 
And it's interesting because there are a couple of other, I think he's had a total of three of those experiences, but his conversation is about, you know, hey, any time, I, I would love to get out here. I'm ready to go. It's just fine. And the two things that he brought back from the other side, he shares it, as many people do who go through that experience, and he shares in particular that he was told, you are a powerful spiritual being, and love makes a difference. And we can bring that into our experience while our mind is telling us another whole story about how there should be pain or things should be this way or that way or the other way. And then, of course, when one is in pain, one will find a way to project that which they most don't want to deal with on someone else. And and so holding those things and the saved by the light, such a powerful demonstration of the shift and the change that can take place. And, and you hear the firsthand account of someone who's been through the experience and uh, and has come out the other side and been through it a couple of times, and each time gets a deeper insight and a deeper understanding into who we are as human beings. Another very powerful film, just for those who are experiencing loss or anticipating experience of the loss of a loved one, of course, that's the language of our culture, is called Rumor of Angels. It's just a very touching, powerful story about a young boy who ends up becoming uh, engaging in relationship with an older woman who's considered kind of the witch of the town by the local kids. They make fun of her and call her names. And and the, it's just a, an awesomely powerful love story and about resolving the energy of trauma and death and showing how that energy can be embraced. And by embracing it very much as we've talked about with Inside Out, that, you know, as long as uh, uh, joy, as long as the, the little girl in Inside Out is not willing to deal with her sadness and her grief, not willing to tell the truth about it, then it runs her and it runs her into unconsciousness. And in the same way, this young man has an experience of pain and this old lady, this old hag supports him through it and just a beautiful love relationship develops between this, you know, ten, twelve year old boy, the this lady processes just him, his dad, and I mean it's just so powerful and the transitions that happen in that film are just really a place for someone to get in a quiet space and breathe and just be with what comes up with them. It will, if you have issues around death, that film will bring them up for you very, very powerfully. And if you sit in the presence of, of the resolution that shows up in the film, it will create great healing. And if you're aware of the tools and you choose to use your tools in that process, it will just be a, a hugely beneficial movie to, uh, to be with. And, I think it's available on Amazon for seven or eight dollars. The the Saved by the Light's not as easy to find. Actually, uh, there's some sites that will tell you that uh, it's only available. You know, it was it was first put out on uh, on VHS, and you can occasionally on eBay or whatever find it uh, on VHS. But a lot of people don't have those players anymore. But there is, last time I knew, there was a company up in Canada that was actually, I think it was a bootleg DVD, but it was available on DVD. And they're both just very powerful, very inspiring, and very opening to 
that space of love around the cultural stereotyping of death and giving us a different perspective, a different view. Very powerful. Jeannie, anybody else with a hand up? Yes, there is. Um, But Michelle had sent me a text, and she said uh, that it was October the 9th show that they had such an awesome lecture on perceiving grief. (coughs) Excuse me. And we do have a hand up. Uh Uh-huh. And and the hand that's up is 828. I think it might be Magda. Hi. Yes, it is Magda. Hi, everybody. Hey there, young lady. Hi. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. And I'm hoping that you all are, too. We are. Good, good. Well, I just wanted to mention a couple of things. Um, Chuck and I were blessed to be able to talk with David yesterday for a few minutes. And he did say that he was going to make his transition. He thought it was going to be yesterday. Um, And so maybe he changed his mind. I don't know. Um, I agree with Dr. Andraki. Change your mind, change your life. Um, Yes. Anyhow, um, I have used the tools. Uh, Yesterday I did quite a number of um, worksheets around the issues that this passing or transitioning uh, has brought up for me around death and my fears and and so forth and and, um, some unfinished business that I, I thought I might have with David. I did that work too. And came to a place of peacefulness, and thank you, thank you, thank you for the wonderful tool of um, putting the forgiveness, dynamic um, forgiveness, into a usable format that you have, Michael. Thank you. Um, and I wanted to add one other thing, and it, it goes along with what you and a few other people have said today, which is that you know we don't really know what is beyond <clears throat> when we to leave our bodies. Um, I, I do know what my brother told me because he he had one of those near-death slash near-life experiences. Life experience, and, right? Yeah. He did not want to come back. He was told that he still had things to do, and so he was sent back. Um, but before that happened, what he experienced and the way he explained it was that it was like being submerged into a pool of love. And and it was the most glorious thing that he has ever felt. And so that came up as part of my my remembering in one of my worksheets yesterday. And I just wanted to share that. Mm. Isn't that a great thought? Submerged into a pool of love. Yeah. So I want to pass that on to you all. And, and that's all I have to share today. Awesome. Well, thank you for that sharing. And actually, yesterday morning, you know, we we're, were down in um, uh, more southerly in Florida. And uh, yesterday morning, I actually had a, an energetic interaction with David that carried on for about an hour that was pretty uh, pretty powerful. Oh, so, great. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. 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 That, well, when you when we held when you at the beginning of the show and you had us hold a moment of silence and and go into you know holding a loving space, 
the image that came, and I can see it right now, is hmm, how to put this into words. Um, it's a spiraling of your energy and David's energy together and uh, a blending and mixing of golden and blue colors and going upward. And so um, it felt very, very precious to be able to, to all of us, hold a space for David for that time together. And as I know, we are continuing to do um, just, but just having that moment of silence was very precious. Thank you. Mm, sweet. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. So blessings to everyone. And David, if you're listening, kisses and hugs and blessings to you. <sighs> and I breathe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll sign off now. All right. Lots of love. Blessings. Bye-bye. If you happen to be on one of those stations where we can't see you in our control panel, our calling number is 646-200-4169, and we would love to hear any thoughts that you have, whether you knew David or you didn't, or this topic, which is such a uh, a huge topic on the planet, touches a space in you. You know, we've, so many people carry around energies that are less than ideal for creating a space for someone to make a transition. And to me, it's so important to just be able to be that space for someone who's leaving. You know, oftentimes people say, well, I don't know what to say. And sometimes the best thing can be saying nothing, just being that space, just bringing forward the active presence of love. You know, we, we talk oftentimes in the commitment, we have the phrase conscious, active, present love. And, you know, our, our culture talks about love as though it's something that we do to each other and there's this whole conversation about loving and such, but the real truth is that when we have a direct experience of bringing conscious, active, present love forward, then we're living in a different world. And that's we're talking about healing from that perspective rather than from the culture's definition of, oh, I approve of you and I'll do this for you and you'll do that for me and all the stuff that goes along with what the world calls love. To really physiologically experiencing that active presence of love and realizing that when we're not, it's because in our cellular structure, we've placed something else. You know, my offering is that we are designed as human beings. You know, if you hold a newborn child, you know exactly what human life is. And we're designed to live in that conscious, active presence of love as real, true human beings and create our lives from that. Too often we surrender that to mind energy to thoughts. So if you go to the opening words in the book of John, where we're told it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh. In Aramaic it says, actually, in the beginning was the mind energy, and the mind energy became flesh. And when we allow ourselves to buy into rage and hate and fear and grief and pain and drama and trauma, then that literally mind energy becomes so-called chemistry in the cell. We know from the cell biologist's laboratory 
that a thought, the non-physical, becomes what we call the physical, is reduced in its rate of vibration and becomes a molecule in the body. And that molecule inserts itself into a cell and shows up as chemistry in the cell. And we have the capacity to remove that which doesn't belong in the structure by bringing forward the conscious active presence of a real true life, true momentary experience of standing as a space of being. And if we surrender to the content of a thousand generations of fear, of rage, of hatred, of sadness, of grief, of vengeance and pain, then it seems that there are circumstances in which that is lost. And my offering is it is only lost because that's what we're holding in our cells and that that which is being held in the cell is intensified or amplified so strongly by an experience that that's the energy that takes over. We're looking to reverse the scenario. You know, you go back to the ancient scriptures, this principle, pardon me, and they spoke of, you know, Paul talked about living in the mind of Christ. That That is simply you and I living in the mind of love, the mind that he came to demonstrate was possible. Not a religious principle. Simple fact is you came in as the active presence of love. You are designed to live your whole life in the active presence of love. Unless in your cellular structure you've got some other ideas. And then you can live as all the drama and trauma and whatever it is that you choose or don't choose because choice will always bring love into the space, actual choice. And so is there work for most of us to do? Yes, there is work. And the work is that of removing what is in the cell that can serve up an energy that is less than love, that can take us out of the presence of love or cover over, as it were, the presence of love so that we lose awareness of that experience. And the beauty is that that experience is always held in a safe space in you. It's never gone away. It's never disappeared. It will never die, even if your so-called body dies. It will never die. It is eternal. And the work is that of uncovering that once again so that we can stand in the space of any experience and be in conscious, active, present love. And when we can't, okay, here's my next piece of work. Here's the part of me that touches me so deeply that I lose the capacity to hold to the presence of love. And so as I recognize myself doing that, I get to see the next piece of work that I have to do. And what we're here to do is to support you in doing your work. And, of course, the big benefit of that one is, as we do that, we get to learn that. It was interesting. We were at a service yesterday, and we were uh, the the person who, who did the sermon, who were at Unity North here in Reverend Virginia, and she was sharing about some research done on gratitude, you know, with Thanksgiving coming up, uh, some research done on gratitude, and the physician or the Ph.D. researcher that was doing the research had uh, been doing some kind of an interview, and his wife piped up with, and 
you know, speaking to her husband who's doing this research, you are the least grateful person I know. It's like, yep, here we are. We teach best that which we most need to learn. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> so, so it's pretty, pretty awesome and pretty incredible. So we're here to hold that incredible space, and when we can't, we're here to do our work and to undo the blockages that lock us out of the truth of who we are so that we can really truly come forward as conscious creators creating our lives as we really are designed to. One of the, uh, and Jeannie, anything else happening in the chat room or anybody else with a hand up? Well, I'm not real sure. Richard's uh, number changed places on the switchboard, so I'm not sure if he went off and then came back on. Richard, was there something else that you wanted to add? Yeah. Uh, am I on? You are on. You are. You're with yeah. me, Richard. Uh, the thought comes to mind, you know, uh, I I learned the love exchange from David at Heartland. So maybe I... all... No David could just, in our minds right now, imagine doing a love exchange with him right now with our hands on his heart and on our heart. Everybody that knows David, let's all just do a love exchange with David now in our imagination. Yeah, so Richard, one of my thoughts is that why don't you place one hand in your mind's eye on his heart and the other one on just the lower part of his belly, on his bladder. Let's each do that and hold that space of love. The place where the challenge is is uh, their medical diagnosis is bladder cancer. So Let's just hold that space and, and send the energy, not with the attachment of David should be doing what we would like him to do, but rather with the space of here's our support. You take this energy and do with it what will benefit you, what you choose to do with it. Sometimes we get attached to someone else's healing in a way that's unhealthy for us as opposed to holding the space for someone and rather than having the goals we think are important to be achieved really being in the space and honoring that person's choices. And for those, while we breathe together and do that love exchange, who are familiar with the tool, it's when we teach our intensives and we can just briefly, if you join us in doing it, just close your eyes and tap into the strongest, clearest love that you can. Whatever it takes to key you into that love and then internally breathe and intensify that love. When you're doing it face-to-face with someone, you then open your eyes and send that love through your eyes. But in this case, don't necessarily need to open your eyes, but just see yourself. Even if you don't know David, sending that love sending that energy. Celebrating that space of love for him.
podcast today, Tim brought up the idea of oneness. We talked about the Einstein's comment I brought up was Einstein's phrase where he puts forward the thought, if you think you're separate or separated from the rest of humanity, you're living in an optical delusion. So at this moment, just let yourself drop below the optical delusion of separateness. Into that space of connectedness and oneness. In the ancient teaching, where everybody looked through their eyes and thought they were separate from everything they looked at and it was out there, this space of oneness we've referred to as the mystical body of Christ. It's not a religious idea. It's a simple fact that each of us is made of the stuff called love, and we're all part of one energetic experience called love. And so let's just breathe together and hold that space. And if anyone has anything else to share... For Terry, for Susan, for Danielle, for Susan, for Bradley, who's David's son, or for David. If you want to just share something, or if you have a thought or a question about this whole process that we're doing right now, about being that space of love and moving through that which is less than. If you push one and you're in the phone queue, that'll raise your hand and we'll get to chat. Jeannie, anybody with a hand up? No, there's um, no other hands up and no comment in the chat room. And we're down to about 12 minutes. Wow. Time flies when you're holding that space. I would have thought we were at about the 20-minute mark. Well, I I lost some time here if we're at, at down to that 12-minute point. And I had some other topics I was going to get into, but uh, obviously this doesn't make sense to uh, to start something different at this point. So... Let's stay just dedicated to being that space and holding that space for David as he, if he chooses to make his transition today. And or anyone else who's dealing with loss, loss of a loved one, the loss of an enemy pain or turmoil around death. We just choose to breathe together. Interesting word, conspire, simply means to breathe together. And so let's breathe together. We could turn the energy of support and invite David to tap in as well. 
to turning that energy toward the turmoil that's going on in France right now and in the world. For the insanity that's happening happened there recently. And that we begin to soothe the hearts and the minds of those in pain about the loss of a loved one. Sometimes that pain, when it's too much to handle, takes the form of rage. So we hold the space to embrace sadness, loss, fear, rage, grief, hatred, vengeance. It's interesting how deeply vengeance is being taught in our culture. As I shared with you the other day, Jeannie and I have been taking in a few extra movies with when we've gotten to the end of the day and it's just been too much to do anymore with our moving into this house we're in. And uh, we saw the previews for this new Mockingjay movie. And the depth of the teaching of the insanity of vengeance. I I hold hope that they somehow resolve that in the movie, but it's just so vengeance-oriented and powerful. Sharing that Dr. Tim did the other day around research done with people who were asked if you got to go anywhere in history, if you had a time machine, what would it be that you'd do? And a great number of people were going back to kill Hitler instead of heal Hitler, instead of take a child who was pained and traumatized through childhood and bring forth a man as a true man made of love, coming forward as love. Most everybody's option would be to go back and kill him or kill his parents. And the teaching of vengeance is so powerful in our world today. And I just join each of you in healing that vengeance, healing that desire to strike out, to get even, to serve up punishment to self or another. I know that in the prison work we've done, we found that in surveys that most people who are in prison when they're asked do they feel better when they're punished, their answer is yes. And they feel that they should be punished. What if we ended the punishment game on planet Earth and we just brought forward this powerful, sweet presence of love? Who has the investment in vengeance and disease and suffering and death prevents the healing of those issues through the presence of love? There is a huge machine on the planet that makes trillions of dollars out of vengeance. What if Seven and a half billion people were asked if you had a time machine, what could you do? You could go anywhere you wanted to. What would it be? And seven and a half billion people's first thought would be, I'd go back and I'd hold that baby Hitler in such a space of love that he'd grow up a true man 
truly living as a human being as love. How different would the game be if seven and a half million people had that as their spontaneous thought? So if you have any way we can support you, any questions, anything to share, our call-in number, especially if you're on one of those stations we don't have access to, is 646-200-4169. And if you push one, once you've called into that number, you'll be on the line with us. Jeannie will see a hand go up, and she'll introduce you. And we'll get to have a conversation Got a hand go up. Awesome. It's nine one seven. You're on the air. Hi, I just tuned in. Happy holidays. And to you Happy too. Happy holidays. Hey, thank you. Are you doing readings today? No, no. Actually, I think that you're looking for Carol Guy's show. And Judy, okay. I don't know what time Carol's show is. We don't. Uh, we're working with first century Aramaic forgiveness as the the topic of this show on Mind Shifters Radio. But uh, Carol's show, if you look on Blog Talk, and I I think she, do you know Jeannie if she's still doing one? And what time it is? I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. Cheers. Thank you. All righty, blessings. Thanks for your call. Thank you. So 646-200-4169, if you push one, put a hand up in the phone queue. And we'll just keep moving with this energy and holding this space, kind of a meditative space, to the completion of the show. I did send a text to um, Susan and, and the other Susan and to Terry and told them that the whole show was dedicated to him, that if they had an opportunity to play it to him. Yeah, that would be sweet. That would be sweet. And we're holding space. We hold you in our hearts. We hold you in a blessing. A blessing that if you choose to disappear this mass that's in your bladder and step into wholeness, you've got our support. And if you choose to let loose and let go, then we're here to hold you in our hearts. David had two very major traumas that happened in the last six or seven years where he had two sons who, in the prime of their lives, just were found dead, just And so definitely major energies to process and deal with there. So we hold the space. David, if you choose to move on to let loose of all of that trauma and go to that reunion in love and caring. And Michael? If there's anyone who's... Yes, sweetie. We're down to two minutes, and about two and a half minutes. And Julie from Ashland, Oregon's on the phone, and she would like to uh, take the show out by playing a special music for him. 
Oh, awesome, Julie. Thank so, you. So, Julie, you, you are on the air. Hi. You hear me, right? Loud and clear. Go for it, please. Okay. Is that loud enough? You got it. Okay. We appreciate your fingers on the keyboard. Thank you. 